your song forgiveness has 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 changed my life. It's helped me heal the relationship with myself. It's helped me forgive people in my life that I never thought I could forgive. And I've sent it to countless people through the years to help them gain perspective, to help them potentially forgive people in their lives. I want to hear from you the story of that song from beginning to end, like why it was created, who's the story about, and what it's meant for you. I mean, this story is a beautiful example of the things that are handed to us in life that if we had the choice, we would have never written into our story. And so a story that proves that to me is a story that this sweet lady Renee wishes she never had to tell, but it's part of her story and she can't change it. She lost her daughter. She had twin daughters and one of them was killed in a drunk driving accident. I'm Doug Bopes personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today's guest is Matthew West. Matthew is a five-time Grammy nominee, a multiple ASCAP Christian Music Songwriter Artist of the Year winner, and a 2018 Dove Award Songwriter of the Year recipient. He has received an American Music Award, a Billboard Music Award, a K-Love Fan Award, and named Billboard's Hot Christian Songwriter of the Year. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Matthew West the Adversity Advantage podcast. Matthew West, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, man, it's great to have you on. And I'm super excited to chat with you. We were talking a few minutes ago about why I'm so excited to interview you. But I think a good place for us to start is a lot of your music, a lot of your work, a lot of what you talk about is essentially maintaining faith in God, maintaining some level of belief even during times that are challenging, even during times that you shouldn't believe, even during times where you're in this place of darkness. When was a recent time where you were in the midst of darkness and you began to question God, you began to question your faith, like what was going on at that time in your life? And then how did you get yourself out of it? Well, that's a great question. First of all, it's it's great to be on your show, and I know you have a really powerful testimony, so I've been looking forward to this. Second, if anybody's watching this video clip, there's like this sunlight coming through my window, and I strategically did it so that it would make me look like an angel. So no, I'm just kidding. But you know, we all experience like periods of darkness or discouragement, and I mean, Gosh, I felt like our whole world had the same ginormous cloud over us through 2020 and 2021. And so I, I would say it was no different for me. You know, the only difference is that I'm, my job is like encouraging other people through my songs. Well, what happens when the encourager gets discouraged, right? And that's really was a big part of me in 2020. I, I was watching the news and freaking out and just kind of really struggling with just being overwhelmed because I my concerts had been canceled, my my band and my crew was relying on me, my family's scared, 
you know, and everybody else can insert their own blank about what it was that was overwhelming them at that point. And I was watching the news and seeing the, the death toll, like, continue to rise. And man, I just was like, overcome with like anxiety. And my wife sat me down and she was like, she's like, hey, you got to do a better job. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, the whole family's like following you, following your lead. And when you get overwhelmed and, and stressed out like this, like, you know, we're following that and we're all anxious and we're all scared. And I started to think about like, why can't I be more like Tom Brady? Like Tom Brady in the huddle, like he's this like cool, calm and collected guy. But when, when stuff gets crazy for me, I feel like I get sideways, which is funny though, because I watched Tom Brady on uh, Sunday's game this past Sunday and he was frustrated. I'm gonna move over here. But he was frustrated because uh, his team was playing terrible, right? And he lost his cool. And what's funny is there's a chapter in my book that talks about being cool, calm, and collected like Tom Brady. And then I watched even Tom Brady flip out on his offensive line, and it kind of gave me some comfort in that. But, but yeah, so I, I definitely had some days where I just felt like I can't handle this. And I took some comfort also in the story of, there's a story in the Bible where the disciples get in this boat with Jesus, and Jesus goes to sleep, and a storm hits. And this is a storm that's so bad that the Bible says the disciples are convinced they're going to drown. And these are like, the disciples knew water. They knew if a storm was bad, they knew it was bad. I read that during the pandemic. I read that story about how the disciples freaked out. And I thought, these guys literally are walking through life with Jesus. This guy's doing miracles left and right. He's the one who can calm the waves and yet when the storm hit, they forgot he was even in the boat. They were like, he's, they were thinking they were going to drown, even though they had the guy with them who could calm the storm. And so I thought if even the disciples are prone to freak out and think dark thoughts or get discouraged, then there's some grace in that for all of us. And here's the best part about it. You know what the disciples did after they freaked out? They remembered, oh, Jesus is here. They went to Jesus. So I thought, okay, the first thing they did was freak out, but the second thing they did was choose to seek out the one who they knew could help them. And so that really is a lesson for how I felt like in 2020 of going, I had some freak outs and I had some dark periods, but then I said, God, forgive me for that. And I chose to seek out the one who I knew could at least calm the storm within me, even if the storm outside is still raging. Right. It's so important, I think, during those storms to have this sense of peace in this belief in the unseen, this belief that there's something greater than you, like watching out for your path, even though you might not be able to see it at that moment of your life. And I think like something that you mentioned, you mentioned something when the encourager becomes discouraged. Do you feel like a lot of pressure being in the position that you're in, that you have this massive platform and you're very well known for your music and in a way of inspiring other people that it's hard for you to kind of hide when you've maybe you know started to question god or you're having a hard time what does that struggle look like for you i mean is there a lot of struggle do you struggle a lot in silence when it comes to that there's a temptation to struggle in silence you know that's exactly what like the enemy would want in your life right you know to not like have support around you so you have to be intentional about having 
a tight-knit group of people who are speaking into your life and a safe we all have to have safe places because we're all we're all going to have days where we're struggling you know i will say though one of the best remedies for my own personal discouragement it's the craziest thing that happens but when my focus is on lifting somebody else up it's crazy i just don't have time to think about my own discouragement right so like I will say like the more self-involved I get or the wrapped up in my own life, that's when I tend to get the discouraged, discouraged the most, you know, when, when I'm more focused on being a character in somebody else's story and helping somebody else and being about a cause bigger than myself. Like a lot of times people are like, what do I do? I'm discouraged. I'm like, man, if you're discouraged, like go help somebody. You know what I mean? And like, that's when life gets really good. So like, even during the pandemic, when I would get depressed or discouraged, like, man, some of the things that lifted me up the most were when I had opportunities to lift somebody else up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're never going to regret like helping somebody else and it takes the attention off of yourself and you're able to like channel some of that negative energy into to something positive. And there's so many people, Matthew, that whether they're listening to this show or just in general, that have trouble believing in the unseen, especially when they're going through something that is challenging, even though the very thing they might believe in has gotten them through you know, times like this before. What advice would you have for somebody who's listening to this that is in a time of darkness in their lives where they're having trouble seeing the light, they're having trouble you know, believing that their life's going to get better? It's a great question. And and a real question for so many people, right? Like, I think one of the things that I've always thought about, somebody said this one time, it was like, if everybody took their problems and brought them together and put them all in one big pile, chances are you would see the problems that everybody else brought and gladly take yours back. <laughs> like, you know, so so just maybe I guess the first part of my answer to that is that's the first thing that came to my mind is like the power of perspective, right? Like, because it always feels like your life is messed up and you're the only one who's messed up in the way that you're messed up. And it's just this isolating, like overwhelming feeling that like, Nobody's got it as bad as you, whether it's the choices you've made or the circumstances you've been handed. It doesn't get any worse than what you're going through, right? And sometimes your mind can tell you that. But when you start to look around you, again, being a character in other people's stories, and you start to realize that everybody's fighting a hard battle. And that's community in that. <laughs> it's a, maybe a club we don't want to be a part of, but there's community in the fact that we're all fighting hard battles. And then the second thing is, you know, I think we live in a world right now that points us to this lie that sounds so good that it almost sounds like the truth. And it's like, you can do it. Like you have what you need. The answers you need, if you can dream it, you can do it. You have the strength inside you. The It's like all these like motivational thoughts that are like pointing you to look for the answers in what you've got right? Like you can make it, you can like, and that's why I think so many people are infatuated with like recreating their own identity and things like is because we want to believe that we ourselves have the power to manifest the kind of life that we want, that we ourselves have the power to create our identity and all the, and have the strength we need. But when it hits the fan and we're going through the fight of our lives, 
There is going to come a point in each one of our lives, Doug, where we reach the end of our capacity. And then what? All of those self-help messages, all of those people that are saying, you can make it happen. What happens? Where are they when you reach the end and you're battling the illness of your life or you're battling the circumstances or you you reach the end and you don't have the strength to get yourself up? What then? Well, for me, my faith is the what then. My faith is the reminder that there's a strength greater than my own. And I got to stop looking for the answers within because I've trusted me and I know enough about me to know that I'll let myself down. And I reach the end of my own strength. I reach the end of my own patience. I reach the end of my own ability to cheer myself up. I need help. I need a savior. And that for me is is learning to stop reaching inside myself and start reaching out for help from one who I know who can help me through the darkest days of my life. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think we have to, when we're, we're in those moments, we have to just stop thinking that we can figure it all out ourselves because in reality, we can't. And I think a lot of times what people struggle with is when they're in these dire straits, kind of like what you just alluded to, and they might pray to God or they might pray to whatever they believe in, but they want an answer like right now. They're like, you know, God, the universe, whatever they believe in, like, when is it coming? Like, when am I going to get help? Like, what advice would you have for somebody who's like in that in-between phase where they're reaching outside of themselves for something, but they need like a sign that something's going to change? Well, I mean, I would say like just the fact that you're starting to reach out and go, well, maybe I don't have all the answers. That's a sign that you're growing, first of all, right? And then the second thing is, here's what I know. Like, I know that when I open my Bible and I read like Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans I have for you. He doesn't say, you know. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And then he goes on to talk about how good those plans are. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I reach out and that's the source of my reaching out. And when I reach out and I read words like that, you know what? I can begin to have my eyes open to the fact that there might be some beauty in between. There might be some beauty before I see my breakthrough. There might be some lessons that I'm gonna learn as I go through this, because ultimately I know that I don't have the plan for my life. I don't know where it's gonna go or how it's gonna work out, but I can stand on the promise that I've been given and I know that something good's gonna happen. So I want my eyes open in the meantime. I tell you what, I mean, all the songs I've written that people sing at my concerts or listen to on the radio or the books that I write that people read, none of those would ever have been created if I got exactly what I prayed for right away. Every song I write is about the in-between. It's about the struggle. It's about the day before the breakthrough. You know what I mean? It's about that season. I wrote a song on my new record called Hard Season because that's exactly what these last couple years have been. And it's the hard seasons of our lives that grow us and shape us and make us who we were made to be. And so nobody likes to be refined. Nobody likes that process. But that process is literally the journey that's making us become who we were created to be. Mm. Speaking of your music and speaking of like perspective and getting through hard times, 
I told you before we recorded, your song Forgiveness has, has, has changed my life. It's helped me heal the relationship with myself. It's helped me forgive people in my life that I never thought I could forgive. And I've sent it to countless people through the years to help them gain perspective, to help them potentially forgive people in their lives. But I want to hear it from you. I want to hear from you the story of that song from beginning to end, like why it was created, who's the story about, and what it's meant for you. After a long day of work, I use the evenings to decompress and relax. One of the pillars of my evening routine is taking my daily serving of mellow magnesium. As someone who has a hard time sitting still or winding down, spending a minute or two taking mellow has really helped me take the edge off before I go to bed, and I find myself being able to fall asleep much easier after taking it. This allows me to feel well-rested so that I can be the best version of myself personally and professionally. Mellow Magnesium is a powerful daily magnesium supplement that also contains GABA, L-theanine, and 70-plus trace minerals specifically formulated for whole body and brain absorption. So become the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with code Doug. Go to helloned.com slash Doug or enter in code Doug at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Doug to get 15% off. So thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Oh, and one other thing. Ned also offers other products such as their full-spectrum CBD. Please be sure to do your own due diligence and make sure the consumption of any products that Ned offers are safe for you or the individual consuming it, and that it won't conflict with any extenuating circumstances that you or the person consuming it may have for work, school, probation, athletic commissions, etc. Now back to the show. I mean, this story is a beautiful example of the things that are handed to us in life that if we had the choice we would have never written into our story, right? Here's the thing that's, that, that I keep thinking about is just like, you know, again, it's, it's as if we think we're the authors of our own story. But if that were the case, we would never have a chapter in our story that we didn't wish for, that we didn't want. Our story's being written, but the pen is not in our hands all the time. You know what I'm saying? And so a story that proves that to me is a story that this sweet lady, Renee, wishes she never had to tell. But it's part of her story, and she can't change it. She lost her daughter. She had twin daughters, and one of them was killed in a drunk driving accident. And the young man who was drunk behind the wheel, guy named Eric Smallridge, was sentenced to uh, 22 years in prison for the crime he committed. He took the lives of two people that night. And, um, you know, by all accounts, Eric was a good guy, bright kid, recent college grad, but he, he made a horrible mistake and uh, was, you know, paying the price for that mistake. And this mom wrote to me and she said, I don't know how to explain it. I just was in the, in my darkest period of my life, understandably. So I'm a parent now and I understand I mean, gosh, like if that ever happened to my kid, I, I don't know how I'd get out of bed. And she was just in the same situation, just going, I don't want to live anymore if I can't live in a world where my daughter is. And she began to get this, reach outside of herself, not within, because she couldn't find the strength within her to get up and walk through her life. She couldn't find the strength within her to move on. And so she began to pray and say, God, I, I need your help because I don't want to live anymore. And she just, she said, I couldn't explain it. I just felt like 
everything was pulling me to do something that I didn't want to do. And that was to actually forgive this person. And it just began to feel like that was the only way that she was ever going to move on with her life was to actually forgive this guy. And so she reached out to him behind bars and just let her know, let him know, hey, I'm the mom. I'm you did this to my daughter, but I'm a Christian and God has forgiven me. And I think he wants me to forgive you as hard as it is to do. And I just want you to know I forgive you. And I want you to know that your life doesn't have to be over either because God loves you and forgives you too. And that one act of forgiveness set a ripple effect that is still being felt far and wide in many people's lives, but none more than that guy behind bars. And he began to turn his life around. And today he's out of prison. The two of them, they speak together and share their story. And, you know, that there's a line in the song that says, let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace. The prisoner that it really frees is you, forgiveness. And so now you know that story, the significance of that line is twofold. That man is a free man now, but free in more ways than one. And then that mom was able to put one foot in front of the other. And by her bold act of forgiveness, she herself was set free from the prison of bitterness and anger. Wow, man. I mean, I still, every time I hear this story, I I tear up. It's such a powerful story. And for people listening, it just hopefully encourages you to, to maybe gain some perspective on life and also maybe, you know, take some time to try to figure out a way to forgive that person or forgive yourself or whoever it is. So you can, you know, release that burden that you've been carrying for so long. I think what you said is important, like forgiving yourself. You know, I don't know if anybody listening to this can relate to the feeling that like sometimes forgiving other people is not you don't have a hard time with. Sometimes it's letting yourself off the hook. Right. And uh, I do. I think I think that's an important thing, you know, and when you see a bold act of forgiveness, if that story that I just shared moves you, it might be moving you because you want to know that you're not beyond the reach of forgiveness, too. And so hear me say loud and clear, just as that woman expressed that act of forgiveness. In fact, she was instrumental in him being released from prison. You know, she stood in front of a judge and she said, hey, this guy has more to contribute to life. And she vouched for the guilty criminal. And and I just want to encourage anybody listening to this just to know, like, somebody's done that for you, too. And he loves you. God loves you that much that he says you're never beyond the reach of forgiveness. That's the message that'll pull you out of the darkest season of your life and let you know, like, hey, there's still some good chapters of your story that can be written. Amen to that, man. And I think forgiving yourself is so important, and it'll definitely free you from a lot of the pain, a lot of the sadness that has brought so many people down in their lives because they, they can't seem to let go of mistakes that they made or, or past behaviors or, or bridges that they burned or whatever it was. And I know that you know, writing the song was a challenge for you as well. Like talk a bit about like the challenges that you endured and you went through in writing the song Forgiveness and how you got through it. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the biggest challenge was just trying to write that song and not feel like I was a hypocrite, really. (laughs) I mean, I think with all my songs, man, I think I'm, 
I never want to write a song or a book for that matter as some sort of expert. And I can tell that about you too. Like you're not this podcast host who's like, Hey everybody, I got all the answers. Like nobody needs that. You know what I mean? Like, and so we're two guys talking with each other right now and we're not saying we have all the answers. We're, we're saying we're works in progress because we all are works in progress until, until we breathe our final breath. Like that's, Perfection is not the goal because it's not attainable, not in this life, right? So, so I think with, with my songwriting, my goal is not perfection or my goal is not projection of perfection to my listener, but rather I hope when they hear my songs, they can hear me wrestling. They can hear me working it out, right? Figuring it out, exploring the human condition, being highly aware of how imperfect I am and how in need of a savior I am. It's powerful, man. And I know one of the interesting parts of your story is that you grew up in a Christian household and a lot of your work, even through your podcast, you you ask people about like the moment that they knew when God was real. Like when did they actually start to develop faith for themselves? And so you grew up, your dad was a pastor, you you went to church regularly, that was like a big part of your, your life. When was the moment, though, that you actually believed that God was real yourself, and it wasn't just because of the, the influence your dad had on you or the church at the time? Like, when was that moment that you actually knew for yourself that God was real? I've had several moments throughout my life. You know, I think that's the design, too. That's the goal, is not just one moment of uh, awareness, but really a moment by moment awareness, you know, like not to sound poetic, but like looking out my window and seeing the wind blow the the leaves off of the tree and, and going like, man, like I believe there's a God, you know, I think he's he's all around us and he's trying to get our attention and he speaks to us through every circumstance. One of my favorite quotes is by C.S. Lewis. He says, God whispers to us in our pleasures he speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And so what, in the context of that quote, one of the moments where I feel like I felt God shouting to me or using a megaphone was through some of my own pain. And I had to have surgery on my throat. And I thought my music career was over. The doctors told me as much. There was a good chance even with the surgery that my voice may never sound the same again. And that was a season where I was at the end of me. I was helpless. I was scared. I didn't have any other dreams, so I didn't know what would I do. And uh, that wound up being a megaphone moment where in my silence as I recovered from that surgery, I don't know how to explain it. I just felt God's presence. I felt like he reminded me that uh, he could use my life even if I could never speak or sing another word again. And, and when you feel God's presence, what follows that is peace, peace in whatever circumstance. And lo and behold, with a surgically repaired vocal cords and my future uncertain, I felt peace. That's a moment and a season I'll never forget. Gosh, man, it's so inspiring because I can't imagine how challenging that must have been in that moment for you where, like you said, like you didn't know anything else, like this was going to be your career and then to have 
something like that happen, I'm sure, like like you mentioned, like just the pain and the uncertainty and the fear that came with that must have been so overwhelming. And, you know, thankfully, you were able to sit through that pain and endure it and persevere to now continue to be doing what you're doing to continue like being um, a songwriter and not just doing that, but sharing the lessons that you've learned like through that trying time in your life. And I've heard you talk about that. One of the things that you often can struggle with is just that you're constantly busy. You're a busy guy, right? You've got a family, you're on the road a lot. You've got your music career, you've got the podcast. And I know that one of the most important things for spiritual, personal, and emotional growth is being present and, and spending time in peace. Like, what are some of your best practices amidst the busyness of your life to make sure that you're taking some time to be present with yourself and be present with God so that you, you can continue to grow spiritually? That's a great question. Honestly, like, the thing is, I think sometimes we think it's got to be like, it has to come with intentionality, but but man, sometimes it's just life is life's crazy. And like, God knows that. It's even crazy just like sitting here talking to you and talking about peace and remembering that story of having my vocal cord surgery. Like, not to sound weird, but like that was a moment for me. <laughs> like, that was a moment that centered me just now, that brought me, because I'm I'm just talking off the top of my head here, but like, let's unpack why would that moment of me getting to tell that story be a moment that I felt God's, because I'm remembering, I'm stopping long enough to think about a part of my story where God showed up, where I felt peace. And it makes sense that taking a moment to remember that would bring me that feeling of peace all over again. And so I think sometimes it can just happen in the moments like that where you're getting the chance to be aware enough of how God is at work in your story. You know, the other things for me is it's like, I am, I, I, I'm so guilty of busyness. Like, and a lot of it's like, oh, but it's good things. It's helping the world. It's helping people. And it's like, you know, I, I just think it's so important that you can't do so much for so many and not preserve your own personal, mental, spiritual, physical, emotional health. You know, if you get stretched so thin, then what else is going to get stretched thin is your impact on the world around you. So sometimes I'll start to feel it where it's like when I can't fully be in the moment, like if I was doing this interview with you, like I've had it before where I'm doing something like, and I want to be in this moment, but I got 50 million things trying to pull me to be out of this moment. Like that's hard. And that's, that's something that I struggle with. And so it's funny, I was having a conversation with my friend yesterday, his significant other, <laughs> like made a comment about my friend. He's like, oh, like said, your middle, your middle name is distracted or something. And he got really mad at that. And he goes, Do you, he's like, can you believe she said that? And I'm like, well, I know that my wife says the same thing about me sometimes. And that that's a check for me. The reason why it would make me mad is because it's probably true. And I don't want my middle name to be distracted. I want to be fully in the moment when I'm talking with somebody, when I'm, when I'm hanging with my daughters, when I'm with my wife, and most importantly, when I'm spending time with God. Amen, man. And I think I, I like what you said that it doesn't have to necessarily be like this super strict intention of spending time alone or spending time with God. Like it just kind of happens during different moments of the day, during, during different moments of your life. And I know you have kids and 
I think that it's challenging right now for, for kids, right? I think there's a lot of kids that are growing up and they're struggling with their mental health. They're, they're struggling with self-confidence. They're struggling with their self-esteem. And, and obviously I know God and Christianity is a big part of your family unit in which you help to teach to your kids. But what are some other things that you maybe tell them, like maybe each and every day or, or lessons you're trying to teach them so that they can grow up and um, develop you know, self-confidence, have a high level of self-esteem, and think highly of themselves. Boy, that's, yeah, as a parent, you know, I'm a work in progress as a parent, too. I, I haven't perfected how to be a good dad, but, man, it's, it's my goal above anything else, you know, trying to make the most of the time that God has given me to speak into the lives of my two daughters. And, you know, I think about kindness a lot, and I think about it because you don't see it very often, you know. You see the mean girls at school, and your heart breaks when you, you know, see what your kids go through. And I think one of the things I always encourage them is to, to find the one that needs one, you know, find the, have eyes that see the person who's left out and include them, you know. And when you do that, it always returns to you, you know. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier, being a character in somebody else's story, you know. And so I think that's one of the big things I've been trying to instill in my daughters. And so when I get a call from a teacher that says, hey, you know, I want to tell you how your daughter, I watched your daughter, you know, reach out to this person at the cafeteria or a parent calls or something. It's like that's something that's very important in our family, just uh, encouraging kindness, which I think our world uh, has an extreme shortage of right now. Yeah, there's you're you're so right because there's there's a lot of hate right now. Um, there's a lot of polarization. I mean, there's a lot of people that are being unkind to each other. And I've had a conversation previously in the podcast where I talked to Dr. Tony Evans and his son, and I was talking about this divide that exists between Christians and non Christians, and that it just seems that they're just two extremes. Like there's the side that is you know all in on Jesus and being a Christian, and then there's a side that might hate Christians, might hate God, might question God, might question Christians because of a lot of things that I think maybe Christians have done, you know, through the years that in a way have maybe pushed people further apart and vice versa. Like what do you think in in your in your mind, like if you had the keys to the car that was driving to create this to bridge the gap between Christians and non-Christians, like what do you think needs to happen? Well, I bet Dr. Tony Evans would have a much better answer than me. So I would, uh, my first thing would say is that, you know, I, I don't have all the answers. I will say we live in a world that preaches tolerance and practices the opposite, you know? So what's the remedy for that? I, you know, I think maybe it's the same lesson I'm trying to teach my eighth grader is kindness. I don't, you know what I mean? I think, uh, you know, a lot of times for somebody who's a, a Christian, you know, I know there's so much criticism of how so many times Christians are known for pointing fingers more than reaching out a hand. You know, I think obviously I, I know for myself it's important just to know I don't want to be known for a social media rant or anything like that. I think so regardless of where you come from or what your personal faith is like, Kindness is a good rule to live by. I don't think our leaders really help us by setting a good example. 
in the way of peace with each other. I don't know, man. I've, I've never felt more hatred than in the world than I seem to feel these days. And it's funny, I literally, I just deleted my Twitter. I have a Twitter account, but I deleted the app the other day because I was just like, ugh. Like, it was just like, ugh. Like, reading all, it was just so, ugh. Just, I don't know, just so dumb. So, I don't know. Maybe we just, maybe it's about focusing on the things that matter and letting go of the things that don't. And I know that sounds cliche, but... I'm just trying to be kind and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to love other people and go easy on each other. You know, everybody's fighting a hard battle. When you begin to think with and see the world through the lens of like, hey, this person's hurting. You know, this person's been through something too, you know, because we've all been through something. We're all going through something. There's always a why. It's tough to keep that perspective, but that perspective might help us better interact with others in a kind way. Yeah, kindness, right? It's been the theme of the last few minutes of our conversation, and I think it's important to not judge a book by its cover and show empathy and just show love to people, even though you might not agree with whatever they believe. Like, that's okay. I think that's what makes the world go around and just focus on being a better version of ourselves each and every day. And I think that will allow us to better communicate and also like be around people that are different than us. And I think that is the goal of, of the world, right? Is just to be around people that maybe you don't see eye to eye on, or maybe they challenge you in some way and you're able to learn from each other. And I think that's so important. The last thing I wanna to talk to you about is something that I know you've ta openly talked about struggling with. And I would guess that most people listening to the show consistently struggle with this, and that is control. And so I know having faith in God and reading the Bible and, and doing things like that help you when you're feeling uncertain or you're feeling you're feeling in a way that you're lacking control what are some other ways that you help keep yourself grounded so that you can you know not let the things that are out of your control bother you so much talking it out counseling is important i have a hard time with counseling but that's why it's important open dialogue like with the people closest to you is super important my wife is like sanity for me and she's a truth teller in my life. Living a healthy life, you know what I mean? It's super important, like exercise. I don't know how to explain it, but like when I get exercise, when I like, I, I process better, I feel better, you know? I mean, I, I know that's science too, right? So just from a practicality standpoint, those are some big ways to kind of stay grounded that help me in a big way. I think just a lot of times, just like like you let your life go too fast and you're not stopping long enough to kind of take inventory of which direction your life is heading so fast and if it's even the direction you're supposed to go. So, I mean, those kind of check-ins, I do check-ins while I'm working out. I do check-ins when I'm talking with my wife, you know, those kinds of things. Those are all forms of, of stopping and checking in and recalibrating and figuring it, you know what I mean? But uh, so those are some of the things for me. And then obviously, I mean, the most grounding thing is like shutting it all down and taking my family on a trip, you know, and just wanting nothing more that day than to drink an iced latte with my daughter and hear about her life. You know what I mean? And, and saying just like, forget my pursuits. Cause I always have them like, like that'll be there tomorrow but I need to stay grounded. And so let's like tomorrow night, 
I'm not playing a show. I'm going to a high school football game to cheer for my daughter, the cheerleader, because that's the only place I want to be tomorrow night. And that's awesome. And that grounds me. It's beautifully said, man. And I think you touched on some things that are so important, and that is to have a support system to make sure you're taking care of your health and working out and also making sure that you're taking some time away from work to spend time with your loved ones and kind of shut it down. Because I think also, I think also like when you shut things down and you take time away, like that's when I, I feel that some big ideas come. It's not, the big ideas don't come when you're just, you know, in it. The big ideas come when you've taken a pause and you step outside of it to kind of recalibrate and give your brain a break for a second. So Matthew, this has been awesome, man. I could talk to you for days. I admire your work. I think you're an awesome human and doing so much great work in the world. And for those who aren't familiar with you or they're, they're not listening to your music already, they haven't connected with you on social media, where's the best place for them to listen to your music, to follow you on social media, and, and to buy your latest book? Well, you can buy the book at thegodwhostays.com. There's a link there that will send you to any outlet that you prefer. Uh, most people buy books on Amazon. So, But then matthewwest.com is kind of the one-stop shop where you can find out you know, how to follow me on social media or about tour dates or anything like that, um, new music releasing and all those kinds of things. So uh, thegodwhostays.com and matthewwest.com. Sweet. Well, I'll make sure to plug all that stuff in the show notes. And for those listening, what I invite you to do is to share a takeaway. Maybe it was something that Matthew said about how he's dealt with times of darkness or challenges in his life. Maybe it was something that he said when he shared that powerful story behind the song Forgiveness. Maybe it was something that he just shared about how he he deals with times where he's feeling like he doesn't have control of his life. Or maybe it was something that he shared with regards to you know his relationship with busyness and how he deals with that. Whatever it was, share your takeaway, tag Matthew, tag myself, because we'd love to hear your feedback. And we once again thank you for listening to this episode of The Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. We'll see you next time.